Hi, Yesuits. We love nothing more than bringing you fresh new content each week. But before we can get back into the recording studio, we need you to have our back financially. Please consider becoming a monthly sponsor of the show through our, our new, new Patreon. Patreon. That's right. <laughs> our new Patreon support starts at just $5 a month. Or if you're feeling generous, you can be a sugar mom or sugar daddy. That's right. Just click on the support the pod link on our website, yashjesuspod.com. This week's episode is a little bit different um, because I, I'm home in Indiana right now. So as you can see, I'm under this tree where I tried building a treehouse when I was a kid. Um, so you might hear some crickets and the audio is going to be a little bit different, but there's a little video. Hello, kings and queens and in between center saints. I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another Fantabuloso episode of Yash Jesus! I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with... Azariah Southward. That's right. And today here at Yash Jesus, we believe more than ever that you should just be your slut self. Your best slut self, honey. Honey. (laughs) Honey. Yes. Stop slut-shaming Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is no slut, but even if she was... What's the big deal? What's the shame in being a slut? Uh, you know, there's a lot of slut shaming out there. I think it's a wrong thing. Um, I think that sex workers should start running for office. I think everybody is their own version of a slut and they just hide it. I think if you just are respectful of each other and you have communication and everything is consensual and um, that's it, unless you unless the communication is to disrespect each other on purpose. I think as long as you guys are on the same page, do whatever you want to do. It's none of my business. Yeah, and as long as it's consensual, as well as you're not you're not participating in it because you're running away from something, or you know, creating more problems, you know, sluts help the world go round. That's what I believe. So do sex workers. I actually have a friend that's a really big slut. He's like my biggest co friend, and I love him so much. I'm not going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about, and it is not you, Azariah. You couldn't even aspire uh, okay. to, to be oh, as, wow. as and hold on, they're gonna bleep out his name, but as okay. <laughs> <laughs> that boy's okay, a you're, right. you're right. I, I could not even imagine of achieving that. <laughs> and I tell you, like, um, since we're not saying his name, not to spill his tea, he does have a, a traumatic uh backstory, but he reclaimed it in his sexuality, I think. And he empowered himself mm-hmm. with his sexuality. And when you know his true tale. To me, it actually makes sense. He brings so much. He goes, I, I can't help being a slut. slut. God made me make so many people feel so good. And he's like, I feel like I'm, I mean, it's kind of like, well, you know, one thing about him is that he will go to the quote unquote, most unattractive, most undesirable person in the bar and immediately go flirt with that person. And he himself is somebody who the world would deem as like a jelly donut, like, yeah, I'll have one. Like he's a yeah, I'll have one type. Like everybody likes him, and there and he'll beeline straight for the weirdo. And I think there is a certain beauty and a certain divinity in that kind of a thing. And I and I really queer culture have a problem yes. with him living his life that way. Yeah, yeah, because so many of us, you know, who are queer in in the mainstream world, we don't have a place. And then um, when we enter the LGBT community. It, there's so many circles where you don't even have a place. So for people like your friend, that is a service, you know, 
offering a place for that person and showing them that they're accepted and just letting them just feel good and loved and you know the attention and all of all of it honey we went on a trip together and there was a lot of um elder gay guys there right and we were on a uh elevator in the hotel and we overheard uh some young uh queer saying like oh this old guy came up to me at the da 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 and my friend goes excuse me he goes don't say old guy just say daddy and everyone will feel good about themselves so he was like well this daddy came up to me at the pool it changed the attitude of everything like he looks at everybody in a beautiful sexual way in a beautiful sensual way and he treats everybody with the same beauty and you could be drop dead quote unquote gorgeous and he won't give you the time of day if you don't have a good heart and so who's here to judge, right? So let's get right into our, our, um, our story today because we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene later, who I think has a, maybe a little bit of a bad rep as a slut. Um, yeah. But let's get into our praise report and prayer requests. What are they, Ozzy? What do we got going? All right, so we have a praise and prayer from Chris. Uh, Chris says, hi, friends. I hope you're both doing very well given all that's going on right now. I would like to say that I'm doing okay. I'm always finding things to smile and be hopeful about, but for the most part, I think I'm just trying to survive at the moment. To say that 2020 has been an unfair year is a slight understatement. So many things that I had planned for and prayed for it very hard for this year have not swung in my favor. And since things started to get crazy, no work for months, so Chris is in musical theater, and there's been financial drama that's been an issue for years and it's only gotten worse for him and on top of that he still lives with his non-affirming parents at an age where he feels that he shouldn't be um and so he says if that wasn't bad enough i've lost three friends to all different causes the most recent being just this last weekend my emotions are all over the place my anxiety is through the roof some days it's very easy to put on a happy face, just push through. But there are a lot of other days when I just don't know what's going to happen next, and it really scares me. I have a friend group filled with mostly believers, but they don't always provide the support or emotional comfort that I need. What you guys talk about on the podcast always calms me down and affirms me in who I am. And it's always such a blessing to be able to put in my headphones each Sunday for a quick listen to whatever the topic is for the week. You guys are my fellowship. And I just ask for prayer to make through, make it through for myself and for all of us, because I know I'm not the only one struggling in this time. Thank you for everything you guys do. May God bless you. God bless you too, Chris. Wow. That is Honey, a, that almost had me in tears. I know. Um, you have a lot going on, Chris, and all of the yeah. things we have going on. Um, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. Um, I think both Azzy and I have felt, in a lot, maybe not all at the same time, but we felt a lot of the things that you're going through as well. So you're not alone. Sometimes just the very beginning of this conversation is reminding you that you're not alone, reminding you that other people are also dealing with what you're dealing with, reminding you that you have God with you, reminding you that you have us as a community. Your listeners now, our listeners now also be praying for you. That I just want to remind you just straight up that you're not alone starting with yeah. that you have your unaffirming parents i mean that's something that we have to pray on that's something that a lot of us queer people have to deal with all of us have one unaffirming person in our lives right who um we have to maybe work towards and try to heal and try to change 
I often think that it's the person's great mission from God to help uh, a believer understand uh, that love is love. So you, why not start at home and work on your family? Um, it's tough losing people. That's a t that's very hard too. Um, morning could be a very dark place and and losing work. A lot of us are out of work. I mean, these are all really major. Any one of these things would break my heart. And the fact that you're going through all of them just shows your resilience and your strength. The fact that you knew to come to us, the fact that you know to reach out to God shows that you're going to make it through to the other side. It's, it's like an escape room, Chris, and you need to find the flashlight in order to find the, the doorknob. And you're coming to us with the flashlight already. We know you're going to be okay. So we proclaim yeah. the victory for you today, and we know that you're going to be doing wonderful. Wherever there's a yeah. yin, there's a yang, where there's an up, there's a down, where there's a black, there's a white, and what you have going on right now, right now in this dark time, there really is a light at the end of this tunnel. And as low and as alone and as hard and as pressured as you feel right now, that's how light, how much of abundance, how glorified, like how everything you're going to feel in the future, you just have to make it through this journey and give God the glory for your story as my mom always loves to say. So I would like to just say to you in this time to just have strength. And one thing really struck true with me, the fact that you're in musical theater, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, I'm a performer obviously too. A lot of our people are out of work right now. And um, one thing that I found a little solace in is like finding a streaming platform, whether it be TikTok, whether it be Instagram, whether it be Growler Live, whether it be any of these places, <laughs> and going on there and singing. Sing your way through a lot of this. Like you're going to, when, when this is ready to open and the theaters are open again, and when we find a vaccine for this, theaters are going to be packed. People can't wait to see a live show. You're going to be thriving. It's going to be known as the great musical theater boom of, of Chris's life. So it's mm -hmm. coming. You better be ready, girl. You better have your tap steps down. You better have your songbook filled out. You have downtime right now. It costs nothing to go onto YouTube sit in your room and you don't need to be worrying about boys now either okay so yeah you're with your non-affirming parents great that kind of sucks we need to stay away right now you know it's very hard for all of us but you need to have your mask on at 7-eleven and stop winking at boys and get back to your room <laughs> and study the musical theater so you could go to broadway and have a high-rise apartment in new york city that you could invite me to for tea so i need that dream <laughs> to come true because i love tea girl so i need you to do that for us Chris, we got a wall of prayer surrounding you now. So you just hang in there, honey. Yeah. The best is yet to come. Good luck, Satan. Now you got a bunch of gays praying for <laughs> Now a bunch of us queers are in here. You got the whole LGBTQIA+. <gasps> and so on Rainbow, praying for Chris. Don't make me get the anointing oil out. Don't make him get the anointing oil, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm grateful for you, Chris. Thank you for writing in, sharing and expressing the problems that, are, are, that you're going through often help you too. So I hope that letter was cathartic. You should journal about this time because everyone's going to want to read about it when you're accepting your Tony. Um, Azariah, what do we have as far as a praise report? Because I'm in the mood to get happy. All right. So our praise report is actually, this was featured on the Today's show, it looks like, um, a black lesbian baker was trolled by an anti-LGBTQ activist. He asked her to make him a cake that said homosexual acts 
are gravely evil from the Catholic catechism. And she called his bluff. She made the cake and asked the community to have a mini pride at her shop. She let him know it was ready for pickup and he never showed up after 48 hours. So she had to throw the cake out. <laughs> so that's like a little, little praise report. Like he showed up, Satan. You thought you had this one. He showed you up. You were gonna saw, He saw that little pride and he turned right back around. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Oh man, God, what a God bless our lesbian sisters. Yes, what a great way to um to take something that could potentially be damaging or evil and turn it around into something so bright and fresh and inspiring. Mm -hmm. I love that story. That's awesome. We are thankful for that. Um, Awesome. So everybody, please keep Chris in your prayers. Chris, we're going to pray for you. Stay tuned to the end of the program. We'll pray for you. Right now, we're going to take a little break from our sponsor. We're going to come right back with the scripture of the day. Hang in there. I know what you're thinking. Being a Christian today can be hard work, especially when you're ditching toxic theology. But you're in luck, because this month, our Bible app is relaunching on Android and Apple devices, and they want you with them for the whole year. Use our Bible app to get the best podcast recommendations. Just like Yes Jesus! Hundreds of progressive daily devotionals and a chat space just by downloading and subscribing to the app now. And during the month of October, you can get $20 off an annual subscription. Our Bible app for believers of all stripes. It's time, here it is, it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day, scripture of the day, scripture of the day. It's a horrible song when we're not in the same room together. What a great part of the day. So much fun and full of love. It's the remix. Okay, scripture of the day today. (laughs) Scripture of the day today is John 20, 16 to 18. Jesus said to her, Mary... And she turned around to him, and in Hebrew she said, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus Mm -hmm. said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene wept and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he said these things to her. This is why, this is, there's a lot of reasons, but this is why Mary Magdalene is a central and important uh, figure uh, in the scripture. So, we're talking about Mary who washed Jesus' feet, right? No. See, this is, this is something I have found out. that There's a lot of misconceptions about Mary, and Mary is, didn't actually wash Jesus' feet with her hair. That was another woman. It's often attributed to her. Okay, so we're going to get into who Mary was, and and okay. she may not have even have been a prostitute. My right. whole life, that's what I've told. We've made jokes about it on the show before this episode. In, in our research yeah. in this episode, Ross and and we've come upon all of this information, and apparently, all these rumors about Mary might be false. We should read on. I'm into it. Yeah, Mary Magdalene, I want to know about her. She's a central figure in all four Gospels of the Bible, but why don't we know more about her? 
since the time when she walked with Jesus, she was a central disciple. Mary's been disregarded. Bad reputation. Went from loyal disciple to either a prostitute or a slut. How does that happen, Azzy? Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. I read the show notes. So I know that how it happened. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I believe it was Pope Gregory I in the 6th century started framing Mary Magdalene as a prostitute. Wow. That's how it happens. So in Jesus Christ Superstar, she even sings, um, I don't know how to love him. He's just a man. And I've had so many men before. I want him so I love him so. First of all, as a musical theater queen, Chris, I know you can totally uh, get with me on this. Weren't you dying to sing that song along? We can't afford it. But I wanted to just totally sing. That was like, that's one of Broadway's few crossover hits that went to the top charts of uh, I Don't Know How to Love Him by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, I wanted to sing it so bad. I'm still holding back. However, um, my mom hates this song. <laughs> I don't know why. In this song, I hate that. I just don't like it. She must have some bad memories. She doesn't want to tell me to it. But, um, but yeah, so <laughs> even Andrew Lloyd Webber thought that Mary Magdalene was a slut. Um, so who is she? It's so confusing. There's so many women who are named Mary in the Bible, but, and there's so many, our friends that we call Mary. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> the ones that are in the Bible are just, uh, mostly named Mary. So Mary Magdalene, not Jesus's mother. Nope. Not the Virgin Mary. No. She's not not Lazarus girl. No, she's not the Mary of Mary, Martha and Lazarus, the Mary of Bethany, not her. Not no. it. She's not no. Mary, the mother of James mm. and Joseph. She's not that Mary. No. Not she's her. Not, she's not the Mary Akbar. Right. No. <laughs> she's not the Mary, the wife of Clopas. Right? She's not the, right. the woman at the well who had five husbands. That's not her either. She's also not the women. This is the one, the one that blows everyone's mind, okay? Talk about erasure and, and um, you know, a feminist a poor portrayals of women in the Bible over the years through editing and, and erasure and people of color. This is one of those moments. Mary Magdalene is not the woman of many sins who washes Jesus' feet with her tears and dries them with her hair. That is not Mary Magdalene. That just blows my mind because I don't, it's just probably just all the messages and sermons I heard about Mary. And I didn't do my own research. The, the uh, indigenous Americans, Warner Brothers, when they used to feature them in cartoons and stuff, they'd have a guy hold a hand up and go, how? And like how growing up, I always thought that that was a way that an, Amer that an indigenous American or American Indian at the time, like was someone that that's how they greeted everyone. And that was something that Warner Brothers right. had created. This is another thing. This is another thing in history that has been warped due to color, like the coloring books and the, um, you know, uh, veggie tales and the, all the other ways and, and that this has been retold and, re, and just like Jonah and the whale that we just discussed, it was a big fish or the, or the kids in it, uh, Pasim and the coat of many colors. Yeah. It was these like, it was like one of these things, Ketan up Pasim. That's exactly right. You're in your Ketan up Pasim. Um, although I don't know if virginals, uh, virginal princesses wear red. That's for sluts. This is the slut show. Um, 
<laughs> there was a great Simpsons episode where Marge's mother, when she's a teenager, say, only sluts wear rouge. Only whores wear rouge. Ladies pinch. <laughs> pinching her cheek until they turn red. Um, but yeah, she's none of these Marys. She's also not the woman who broke an alabaster box over Jesus to anoint him for his coming death. So Mary mm. Mag Magdalene is named that because she's really from Magdala. Her last name is really where she's from. So one thing that's so special about Mary is there aren't many women um, named in the Bible. Mary isn't only named, but she's in four Gospels. She's a big deal. Or a BFD. She's like the mother of the church. She's she, a what? She's a BFD, as Ross says, that they say in theological terms. <laughs> uh, she's the person, the real reason that she is so significant to the story is that Mary is the first person to see Jesus after he rises from the dead. She's the one who witnesses the resurrection. The resurrection story is told in every gospel, even through each version of the story. There's some slight different changes in there. Mary's always there. <clears throat> in Mark, the women are afraid. Uh, in Mark, the women are afraid and don't tell anyone. And that's the end of the original ending of Mark, which is pretty abrupt, but somehow the word got out. In Luke, the women aren't believed. And this demonstrates how little women are valued. Their testimony was considered valid without a man to vouch for them. Women in the Bible don't get fair treatment either. That is the truth. Um, and we see that, you know, when we look at the historical context of this story, um, we see how the Roman Empire, um, specifically through the Pope, uh, has tr altered the story of Mary because they didn't want the woman to be the apostle of apostles. Right. They didn't want, didn't want her to be the one that was the, the keystone. Right. You know, it's always been so foreign to me uh, growing up why the church has been so opposed to women in leadership, specifically, and I'll call them out, Southern Baptist Convention. You know, um, I grew up with women pastors, so I've always grew up with women in leadership roles of spiritual authority. And so to me, I've never, you know, that's one thing in my life I haven't had to like really struggle with or to deconstruct. Um, so it's just... It's surprising to me. It was know. in everything. You know, they, didn't let, they didn't let women act. You know, in the time of Shakespeare, it was all men. You know? Uh, yeah, that's true. The term drag comes from Shakespeare. It means dressed resembling a girl. Um, because mm -hmm. it was often a guy that played Juliet. They didn't let women do anything. They were just good for childbirth and for cooking. And, you know, um, it just goes to show you how far we've come and how some of the things that are in the Bible need to be looked at it from a different perspective because that's not how women are treated anymore. And now there's all kinds of women. There's non-binary women, there's trans women, there's all different th things have changed and we're yeah. in a place now where we need to look at this at a different perspective. We can't be judged up on the same uh, pedestal as somebody who lived with the biblical customs in the biblical times. That's why it's important when you're listening to this to look at this for yourself. Find yourself in these stories. So let's read on. So this is where the women aren't believed. In Luke 24, 1 to 12, um, we're starting with Ross's summary here. Uh, Mary and some other women are going to the tomb with burial spices to prepare the body. But when they get there, Jesus' body is gone. And then some angels appear. And this is where we're quoting the Bible here. The angels appear and they say, why do you look for the living among the dead? 
he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? So Mary and the other women run from the tomb and they go tell the disciples, but the disciples don't mm-hmm. believe them. Well, yeah, because it's the word, it was the word of women. They doubted it. So they had to, they had to go see it for themselves. Yeah, they, they, they seemed like it was an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But then Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves. He went home amazed at what happened. So John 20 is probably the best, in Ross's opinion, and the most personal that shows the closestness that might have existed between Jesus and Mary. And this has even led some scholars to suggest that Jesus and Mary were more than friends. So a lot of some people, there's some theories that Mary was Jesus' girlfriend or wife. Even even some theories that they, that they had children, uh, but uh, from what we know, she was definitely important to him. And so, from this first setup that we have here, um, is Mary going and preparing the body. She discovers that the body's missing. She runs back to the disciples. John twenty, one to two, early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon, Peter, and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So some of the men, the disciples, they went to go check it out because can't just believe a woman, right? They saw the body was missing. And they're like, oh my God, Mary wasn't lying. She really did know the truth. She really did know Jesus. Right. She was telling the truth. And so John uh, 20, 11 to 18, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. Hmm. He's like, hey, girl, I'm still here. Hey, hey Mary. And he You're said my to, favorite. And he said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you had carried him away, please tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she, sir, she turned to him in Hebrew and said, Rabuni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me because I have not ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she had, that uh, he had said these things to her. So the last story from John really lets you know how close the two were. Imagine what it's like to hear your name spoken by someone who you know and trust. Especially when you're there like in mourning and, and just wanting to even see the body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in Luke, it's a shock. It's interesting because this is more, what else do we know about Mary? Let's see how else we know how close they are. Well, in Luke, it says that Jesus had cast seven demons from Mary and puts her with a group of women who had been healed. And these women were well off and they often provided for Jesus. So Luke 8, 1 to 3, soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, as well were some women who had been cured of evil spirits and and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, and Susanna, 
and many others were provided for them out of their resources. So we know that she did travel with him and the disciples. And then she was present at the crucifixion. One of those who was always around. She, she was there through it all. She was actually financing. She was a very wealthy woman. And I think even financed some of the traveling that they did, uh, th- uh, you know, throughout the region with Jesus during his ministry years. She was one of those ones. She was always around. Even when the other uh, uh, disciples were scattered. And when Peter was denying Jesus, Mary was always there. Mm. Now, this is what's really going to blow your mind, Azariah. This is the part that, like, I think, like, a lot of our people, even our strong theologians and our people that are listening to us in seminary might even not know about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there is a gospel of Mary. Now, it's not long. It came out in the 1800s. You had to know this. There's a gospel of Mary. And this is what we need to explain to people that exist. Like... So yes. they found a gospel of Mary in the 1800s. It's not included in the, uh, in the Bible. Um, in the gospel of Mary, Mary was probably closer to Jesus than Peter was. There were versions of the Bible. There were, there were committees that were deciding on what was going to be allowed into the Bible and what was not going to be allowed into the Bible. They were like, oh, this is going to go in. This is not going to go in. And this was one of the things that was decided that was not going to be put in. So as we see in most gospels, th- that Peter is the closest one. But if you look at the gospel of Mary, there's times where Peter defers to her and that didn't make it into the Bible. So in the gospel of Mary, Peter said to Mary's sister, we know that the savior loved you more than all other women. Tell us the words of the savior that you remember the things which you know that we don't because we haven't heard them. And Mary responded, I will teach you about what's hidden from you. And she began to speak these words to them. So why doesn't get Mary, Mary get more credit for her role, Azariah? That's a great, I mean, at the end of the day, it's because of men wanting to keep men as the founders of the church, as the apostles of Jesus. And that, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Men needing men to be in control. But Jesus but Mary male dominance. As, a, yes. as symbolized in his commissioning of Mary Magdalene to spread the word of the resurrection, but male yeah. dominus gradually made a powerful comeback within the early medieval church. Yeah. Like, you, you can't keep a man down. Uh, the presence of Mary <laughs> and the other women who were named indicate that women were absolutely welcome in Jesus' band of disciples. That's proof right there that Jesus welcomed yeah. women at the table for the major conversations. And, and in after, leadership roles. Right. And after his death, Paul's letter indicates that women were leaders in the ministry. He names some. Yeah. So sometimes after all these books and letters were written, but before the Bible came together in, in one book, the role of women in the church was greatly diminished. So Mary got slut shamed. Now, this, how the, the ancient world was filled with philosophy that said that the body was evil and the spirit was holy. Early Christians got really anti-sex. Augustine was an early leader who was writing confessions about his early slutty period. So you get Mary Magdalene branded as a slut, and the ideal woman was the Virgin Mary. This is where created what is known in psychology as the Madonna whore complex. This is like the Sopranos. Like, it's a great example. Italians suffer from this um, because basically the Roman Catholic Church is our heritage, right? That's our culture. So what happened was in Sopranos, he was married to his wife, Carmela, but he couldn't 
he, he was in therapy and he couldn't see himself doing some of the disgusting sex acts that he could do with his girlfriend, his gumad. So that's the Madonna whore complex. That men want a whore in their girlfriend and the Madonna in their wife. And that was that was that came from how Mary Magdalene was slut shamed, and the Virgin Mary was the ideal woman that every woman should be. Now, this is something that I know grinds your gears, Azzy, but um, there's still Christian denominations today who won't let women be pastors because of the way that Mary was yeah. kept. The twelve were all men, which was used by a conservative chunk of the church today to, to exclude women from ordination, which is appalling. It is. It's really appalling. Who who are you to say that God can't use a woman? You know, um, there's no scriptural proof. There's no. There's no. There's nothing in scripture that that can stand on whatsoever. So John Piper, chill out, okay? So as you said earlier, Azzy, Pope Gregory the Great said in a sermon 500 years after Mary's death. He said, she whom Luke calls the sinful woman, who John calls the Mary of Bethany, that's the one with the tears and the hair, the white Jesus' feet. We believe that mm -hmm. that to be Mary from whom the seven devils was ejected, according to Jesus. Now, there's no evidence of this. Jesus never said the sinful woman to Mary, but that reput reputation stuck. Yeah. She got lied yeah. on. You ever been and lied on? She got lied on. Oh, and by by the by the institution, like Mary was being, uh, you know, negated by by the, the the other men disciples, and now five hundred years later, after her death, the it, the the empire, as I like to call it, is still after her to to take her down, and she is the apostle apostles, the mother of the church, really, and and so Pope Gregory the first, you know, really framed her as this prostitute and this was not who she was at all she was jesus's beloved what's awkward about he loved that her more than any other woman what's awkward about that is just before this okay in that passage luke uh that names mary as a supporter and disciple of jesus is a story about a woman who kisses jesus feet and cleans it with her hair and after some back and forth with the host jesus says i'll tell you her sins which are many have been forgiven hence she has known great love but the one whom little is forgiven loves little. Luke 7, 47. And church leaders started calling this woman Mary Magdalene, even though she isn't named in the story. Perhaps she was, if, what if she was a prostitute? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? It's the oldest profession. <laughs> it's a good one. Church leaders started saying that the seven demons that were driven out of her were moral vices. Is that the seven deadly sins? Could be. It's not the seven deadly sins, but I. Is know, the sex drive same a demon? Idea. Is her sex drive a demon? Does she have too much sex? Can any of us have too much sex? You can never. You can, nev you can never have to. Never. <laughs> you can have too much sex, but. <laughs> you can never have too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sex, uh, there is this time. There is this time in my teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Were the demons her sex drive? The church was starting to say that she was a repentant prostitute. Oh, the only good kind mm -hmm. of prostitute in the church's eyes. Now, some questions that we have are like, even if Mary Magdalene was a prostitute or a slut, is that really that bad? There are other stories of prostitutes in the Bible, and they're really commendable characters. Not to mention the fact that 
you know, I think about this with politics all the time. I really would love to see more sex workers, more uh, different colorful people, like all be running for office. Because you can't act like all of our politicians are so puritanical. We see all the trouble they get into. They're the most perverted out of anyone. Honey, did you hear about Jerry Falwell? Yes. Slut. I mean, (laughs) and good for him. But the honest him. (laughs) It's not the slut we don't like about him. That's the only redeemable part. The dishonesty. And, you know, in this story of Mary Magdalene, she wasn't the slut. And the dishonesty was coming from the church. And so the shame here truly lies on the institution of the church. Why would the church leaders feel that they have to have her be a prostitute? Like, why is the control of men so important over our faith? I, I, I have nothing to add there. <laughs> Even just a why would be great. <laughs> okay. Why? This is a huge contrast to the Virgin Mary. Huge. This is like the opposite of the Virgin Mary. This is, this is bizarro Virgin Mary. Now, while they're casting Mary Magdalene as a prostitute, the church leaders are constructing theologies about the Virgin Mary that said that she never had sex in her life. Even though Jesus had brothers, kind of, maybe, sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Or, that she, so. or that she was also born from an Immaculate Conception. So this might even be where the Immaculate Conception comes from. Just the, like, how, how slutty can Mary Magdalene go? How pure can Mary go? This Mary go? Let's make the distinction between okay. the two Marys here. There's a lot of unexplainables, and, you know, we're allowed to wonder. We're allowed to just question and yeah. wonder. That's what yeah. the, that's what our job is. That's what our duty is as a Christian. That's what a person who reads the Bible is supposed to do. You know, I almost think that they shouldn't call Bible study Bible study, and they should call it like Bible wondering. Like because we I don't like know that, Danny. Yeah, we don't know. We're not studying something that is a set rhetoric. We're like wondering, right. what if this is for us? What if this is true? Was it a whale? Was it a fish? Was it a coat? Was it a Ketanid Pasim virginal princess dress? Was Mary a hoe? Yes. Or was Mary an apostle? <laughs> uh, or was Mary a hoe apostle? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the Mary I want. <laughs> <laughs> we hear yes, Jesus, believe in a hoe apostle. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... It's just such a huge c- contrast. While Mary, Mary's this, Mary, mother of Jesus, is a virgin, Mary Magdalene's a prostitute. Church leaders were constructing theologies about that, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's the story of two Marys. This is the story of two Marys. One's a virgin, the other a whore. <laughs> for the church for far too long. These were the only way that they cast women. But now they have to live together in a co-op with lesbians as next-door neighbors. Well, if you need your scene fixed, honey. Like, honestly, (laughs) maybe, you know, they left something out. You know? The lesbians. Mm -hmm. Definitely lesbians. Mm -hmm. We should make them the next-door neighbors on our sitcom, for sure, because not quite (laughs) whores, not quite virgins. 
If you want per- a perfect example of biblical womanhood, then look no further than the lesbians. They, they're called nuns because they get none. <laughs> Don't forget that badass Baker was a lesbian. Yeah, she was. That's right. That's it. Well, you guys, this is good. Stop slut-shaming Mary Magdalene, even if she was a slut or not a slut. Even if she was a po- a po- a a pahosal. Po- a ho I was trying to say a pahosal. Oh, she's a ho-so. She's a ho-so. <laughs> Just because she's a ho. What are you? Don't make her Who are you to Jesus? Um, Who are you to Jesus? I'm a ho. I'm a ho-so. I'm going to Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to let it go. Let it go. We're going to go into a prayer, but before we do, we'd like to ask you for your tithe, your love offering, your charity, your act of good. Listen to a sermon, find a sermon online, read a devotion, or send a message to the most badass female pastor you know. Even better, she's a lesbian. It should Horrible. give that plunder. <laughs> yes. You don't know, Pastor? Here's a few suggestions. Azzy, who'd you suggest? Bishop Yvette Slunder. Yes, the Reverend Naomi Washington Leapart. The Reverend Nancy Petty. The Reverend Pat Bumgardner. Reverend Kelsey Brown. Pastor Laura N. Grone. If you have a queer women pastor that you'd like to nominate, send it to us at Yes Jesus Pod, and we'd love to highlight her in a future episode. Women can be apostles. Yes, women can be leaders. Christ loves women as equals, and so do we here at Yash Jesus. Let's bow our head in prayer, Azzy. Okay. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Dear Lord, we come to you humble today here on Yash Jesus. So grateful for the amazing response we have from our listeners and thanking Chris for writing in and sharing his, his problems. We'd like to lift up Chris mm-hmm. and every single problem he has, Lord, we'd like to ask Chris, just think of that those problems and put them in a bag and put them at the foot of Jesus. Let them be God's problems now. Those are no longer your problems. Those are the Lord's problems. And we will pray for you. And when you come on the other side of this, we will exalt in the victory of your renaissance. We are in a dark age. Stay tight, learn that music and do well. And we pray God that you give him the strength and and the ability to make it through and navigate in a non-affirming family. We'd like to pray that work in abundance comes his way in his chosen field of musical yeah. theater. Yeah. We'd like to pray that he can relish in the good, the comfort of the good memories of those that he's lost and to be grateful for the ones that he still has by his side. Lord, we come to you and we'd like to pray that every woman out there that was wrongfully slut-shamed be exonerated, Lord. We'd like to pray that Anyone out there that is proudly living their life in any way, as long as living healthy and consensual way, can still seek you, God, and can still find, can still find you, Lord. And I happen to open my eyes right now and I have a rainbow right above the fake clouds in my bedroom. And I know that your promise still Me rings true. I do. And I know your promise still rings true for all of us here in the LGBTQIA plus community and everybody here, Lord. And we're so grateful for you. And thank you for bringing this community together. And we will continue to pray for each other in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to another fabulous. Did you see that rainbow? (laughs) 
I saw it. It's gone now. Oh, there it is. It's, it's, it's off. It's like it's coming into my It's actually weird because I, this is the truth. I, it is a prism in my window, but I, I put it there for the first time today. And how about at that moment, it worked and look at where it works right above the clouds. Y'all can think that stuff's fake, but then stuff appears in front of you and you can't deny it either. See you next time on Yash Jesus. Love you guys. Um, let us know who your female pastor is at Yash Jesus Pod. And as always, I'm Daniel Francesi here with Azariah Southworth. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, see you next time on Yash Jesus. Yes. Thank you.